This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Yo, Uncle Leroy in the building, bro. <laughs> What's going on? Chilling, chilling. Thank you so much for coming here. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. So, I'm like a big believer that within the world that we live in now, we live in a world of, I'm not going to say infinite, but very high percentage of leverage with things like phones and the internet. You post something and then one moment to the next, you could really make a significant change either in your life and the life of other people with your phone and yeah. with things that we use every day like Instagram. And that's something that when I... Like seeing everything you did, you go like, it's really bugged out because there's a thing that's like one person can't make a difference or like two or three or maybe even five people can't make a difference. Like you always hear that, but you legitimately raised, what was it like oh, close to or over 300K? It was, um, I think a quarter million. Dude, what? Yeah. I thought it was 300K. No, like just a quarter shy of like a mil, something like that. I don't really remember the like yeah, the yeah. final figure, uh-huh. um, especially because the last the last day we were just all so overwhelmed. But we were like pretty, we were we were pretty high up there. It yeah, was so like fucked. the things that I noticed is that one, essentially this this all the the way that you publicized it was just through Instagram, right? Uh, <clears throat> essentially, like I mean, when it all started, we were myself and because you know there's other people behind it so um we were in the park and we were just kind of like figuring out like how to get involved and doing something substantial and something just like super cohesive and like just like raw and then i was like we should just sell clothes and my friend sachiko she she's a stylist so she has a bunch of shit and my friend perry who works at palace he has just a bunch of gear accumulated and myself as well because, you know, I work at Supreme, so I, I get clothes all the time. So I was like, why don't we just like, you know, do like a, like a little fucking flea market. And um, so Chico just followed up and, you know, like she was like, are we going to do this? And then I was like, yeah. And then <clears throat> as I was like responding to her, I was like, damn, like I should make a fucking like, I was thinking like those old like, you know, like Sunday, 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 like this Sunday, come on. Like, I was like, we got to do a commercial. Like we have to do a commercial. So we did that. But then this was like, you know, in the summer or yeah, it was like the summer. So people were out and kind of like living in Greenpoint at the time. Well, I was living in Greenpoint at the time, but running into people and just word of mouth and everyone was just like super receptive and people were like, what can I do to help? So that's how I had like tables set up from Polly Coots at Ready Set and then like you know found vendors literally just like in McCarran Park like two days before and they're like I'm down like what time like you know and then the day of all these people just showed up and just brought so much stuff and we were like holy shit like Leo Baker they showed up and they gave us like 20 pairs of Nikes it was insane and we're like whoa and then like Nick Stain, he used to live. I used to live around the corner from Nick Stain, so Nick just showed up with like a duffel bag of shit, and Dom showed up with like everyone. Just people just started showing up with just so much stuff, 
And we were just like, let's just sell this cheap, you know, get rid of it and just raise the money and donate it. So Yeah, you guys talk about how you raise over 15k in five hours and you expect it to raise only around 500 how did that that number when i read that that's crazy how did that add up uh fuck i mean to be honest like i remember i remember just like thinking about what it was going to be like the night before and i was like how is this going to happen like but then i was like you know like the point is it's just the effort and the intention it's not about how much money you raise it's just about you being active and like putting your mind towards doing something that is like just substantial because here we are waiting on stimulus checks and here we are like protesting against police brutality and this shit's still going on and we can't rely on, you know, the big guys up top. We got to do it ourselves. So it was just like, it's, it's not about the dollar amount. It's just about the action. But the dollar amount just ended up being so insane because that was just the the movement of community getting together and everyone has you know this is new york city so everyone has good style everyone has good stuff and it's just really cool like we're selling it for so cheap and we're literally like we had bags behind us tables would be wiped out we're throwing shit we're like it got to a point where we couldn't even like really like like neatly display things you know like especially me having a retail background i'm like oh this looks like shit but like it's a shirt and someone's like how much is that and i'm like i think we were selling shirts for like 25 bucks or something like that so i'm like oh 25 bucks and it's like an old supreme shirt and it's like you know like in a time like this during like the shutdown and like the whole black lives matter movement like merging together it's like there's things that we have that we don't really need and it's like just get rid of it and put it towards a good cause so i think that all that <clears throat> was just there at the sales and we're like putting it up and Steven and I are looking at our phones and I look to them and they're like, what do you have in your Vimbo? And I'm like, I have like, like 5,000 bucks, you know, it's like, holy shit. Like what the fuck? Like, yeah. So we were, we were just juiced at the end of the day. We're like, how do we do this in five hours? It's crazy. It's, I mean, it's amazing, man, because you can take something that is seen as from the eyes of other people as super vain, like something like fashion. It's about looks and you can, use that as an avenue for something completely different that is substantial, that has yeah. an effect, like a, a ripple effect on the lives of people who are so, like some of the people who probably have benefited from the event that you did, the events that you did, don't know what, they probably don't know what like Supreme is or what palaces are like, or care because there's like real life issues. So you're essentially taking this thing that has value in the eyes of people and just transferring that value into different kind of value to another a totally different demographic of people it's amazing bro yeah thank you and then something that i think was really cool that is that it was on a sidewalk so it's very it's like an an empowering thing that it's on a sidewalk because it's all good as opposed to if you need to rent a space if you need to rent a space for the day if you like imagine renting a space across you from that park how much it would have been and because it's at a sidewalk it's like it literally becomes a thing where anybody can do it. If you have like a Wi-Fi connection and then you have a, a table, you can you can do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, New York City is, it's just, it's full of parks and so much happens on the streets anyways. And that's what makes this place so cool because you can stumble across something that's like spontaneous into your day and it just comes off organic. And it's like, why not utilize such a good space that, you know, McGoric has to offer, um, parks are congregational places anyways. 
it's outdoors. That's like what we needed due to COVID regulations. Um, and it just, it just worked because you have a fence when we'd like, it, it just looks so like I'm from California and like, you know, garage sales is like something that happens every weekend. So it was like something that just like had that aesthetic and it was really cool. Like, you know, just those plastic racks, like on the fence and, tables that are light like laid out and like a blanket full of shoes and mm-hmm. you know it was, it was it was cool you know they say that there's like this study that shows that after a certain <clears throat> amount after a certain dollar amount uh for an individual uh extra money after that doesn't have any correlation to your happiness levels like sustainable happiness levels not like a material pleasure of like oh, i have this now i'm happy for like the next five minutes and what occurred to me is like the amount of money you raised for a lot of people especially for a singular human being could it's like life-changing money yeah. uh it's like a lot of bread it's like more yeah. than people making like some people making like three four years yeah. and it's then you just crazy. gave it all away did you think about that at all um people people were i mean i'm i'm in a blessed situation um like you know my our employer was the, the people that i work for they looked out for us during the whole shutdown so like when we weren't even open i was still getting paid you know, I work for a company that really takes care of us. So, um, the thing is, is like, I was, I was donating so much money in the beginning, like all these GoFundMe's popping up, you know, like places in New York that like needed the bread that like I was a frequent visitor of, or, you know, like it was my friend's business. I was already like on that kind of wavelength, you know? Um, and people, were you know some people did feel kind of like weird it would get a little touchy if people would like make stuff for the sales like in particular and they were like hey can like i pay myself back and i'm like yeah of course like no one's working here like we're not we're not paying anyone for your time if this is coming out of your own pocket like you can pay yourself back for like production and then like whatever you make in profit we donate so like you know like when i made leroy tees like i did that um We've had a few people that have like participated in the sales and like the money that they made might have just gone particularly to like what they're doing. Like in that given moment, like Nueva Yorkenos, they were doing a back to school drive. So they needed money to get school supplies for like an elementary school, like in Bushwick or somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, I was like, you guys have a table here and like whatever you guys raise, We'll add it to our total because that's like what we made collectively. But you guys keep that, you know. So like, I mean, that's still donating it. And like, of course, LES Community Fridge did the same thing. They wanted to get a new fridge because the fridge they had like just wasn't really that well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, you guys set up a little grill and you guys sell shit. And then, you know, boom, like um, the homie Jay who did like the Punjabi sweatshirts, like he paid himself back for production costs and um, he kept the money and donated it to Punjabi as well that he made out ourselves so it was cool like people utilize the space to or like they utilize the space in the cell to also keep money for themselves and then put it towards what they were doing but yeah like we we just we just donated it we're like these people need it more than we do so yeah i was gonna ask in terms of this particular charity like you said you raised quarter of a million dollars how did you well first the first question is did you expect to raise that much money and the second is how did you know which charity in particular to donate it to, you know? Because I think a stigma with charities is, you know, you ask an average person, they're like, oh, 
you know, yeah, they donate a, a little bit of, but the, a lot of it just goes in their pocket. You know, some of it goes like, to overhead because yeah. there are some charities that this is a fact. There's some of them are simply more efficient than others, yeah. and some of them and their causes are questionable. Yeah, how did you go about choosing? Yeah, how did you so them? especially, th- um, that's a good question because when the Beirut thing happened, we had to, um, we really had to like do our homework and like. My friend Dylan and I actually got on a call from a woman in Canada who was like a um, like an essential worker out there. And we had a call to see how legitimate it was for us to send money to because like like with that whole thing, like the government was just so corrupt, like anyone who like can withdraw money from an account can get seized. It was insane. Um, As far as like picking the charities I did like a little bit of research, but my friend Steven Ostrowski, they just they had a list already. Like they were, they're just so act. Their brain just thinks insane. Like if you think of like an octopus with its tentacles, like that's how their brain is, just like constantly moving. So every week they would just present like um, just a nonprofit to me, um, and then we would just discuss it, and I would look into it. And we were like, okay, this is legit. Sometimes, like, things would just pop up, like, the whole Elijah McClain thing. Like, when that got a lot of, like, media attention, we were like, okay, like, we got to find the right GoFundMe. But GoFundMe also kind of started cracking down. Like, um, if you have multiple GoFundMes for, like, one thing, like, it would get flagged and noticed. That's what happened when I set up a personal GoFundMe for my sister. Um, Her best friend already set one up for her and then – GoFundMe contact my sister and like, hey, you can't have two GoFundMe's because people were like taking advantage of the Black Lives Matter movement and setting up all these fake GoFundMe's and like just pocketing the bread, which was like super whack. So my sister was like, hey, like you have to close this one. So it was like a thing. Like I had to like withdraw the money that was in there and then put it in that one. And then we had to like redirect it and let everyone know. But yeah, like a lot of it was Steven. Steven came to aid a lot on that. Um, and we were trying to like hit everything um that we can like so like as far as donating to like these black lives matter like nonprofits, we were also you know and we couldn't get to every single one but like people would be like hey like you should do one for sex workers or you know like black trans housing or you know trans housing so like the all these were like super legit you know so we were like okay like this and it was really cool like once we donated to the door and someone that like is a, that participated at the door that used to go there after school was like, that's really cool. You guys donated to the door. Like they used to look out for me when I was in high school. Like, you know, it's a really good spot. So it was really good to hear shit like that, you know? Yeah. yeah I like it because it's, um, you, you got all the money. It was via Venmo, right? Um, no, a lot of the money was like, it was via Venmo or, uh, we started. So what we were doing at first was like the cash that we were doing, we were putting it in our, we were like a few of us would just control the money. We didn't want it to get too scattered. So the cash that we were, we at first, the cash that we were handling, it would be like five to like $6,000 cash. And we would deposit it in our bank and then disperse it into these nonprofits. And then we were like, we can't be doing this biweekly. Like that's not good on our end. Like, you know, like it looks sketchy for us. Mm -hmm. So then that's when we had the idea of, just taking the cash and just giving it to businesses in need. So we started doing that. So it became but, cash only. 
No, no, no. It was cash and Venmo. We would okay. have cash and Venmo transactions. But at first, what we were doing was <clears throat> we would like donate because I would make all the vendors donate on site or like donate when like within the next day, and then that's why I would screenshot all the donations, see where you know, and then. Like with the cash, like the first two, three sales, we were like, dude, we got to stop putting this in our bank account. Like, you know, like if you're depositing $5,000 in your bank account, like biweekly, the IRS is probably going to be like, dude, what the fuck? So we were like, and then that's when like restaurants started kind of like being like, hey, we need help. And so we were like, this is the perfect opportunity. So we started walking up to like places that cater to that everyone's been a part like everyone is like experienced in new york city and we were just like we're just gonna give you guys just cash so we'd like walk up with a brown bag you know like with like you know five thousand two thousand three thousand dollars and we're like we tell them what we're doing and we'd show them like the things that we do on instagram and they're like oh that's really cool and they're like by the way this is for you and they're like no way and we're like yeah it's yeah all it's like you. five g's shows up at your door so yeah that's really wild man because you know, I'm like a big proponent of 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 like the idea of living to somewhat close to your full potential or just trying to maximize what you as a person can do with the time you have and the resources available. And I think that like you said in in some other talks, just like how you do this, essentially anybody could do this. You can be your own Uncle Leroy and it's like this park if you weren't doing this would have been essentially empty those days uh, or like the the phone is there for you to post at any given moment at your at your free will at your disclosure yeah. and all these things it's like the potential is fully there and it's just sitting there and the same goes for like a computer or like any like of these social media things and these these technological advances they could we could use them to significantly like we always look at the downside of these things like oh i spent so much time on this or like oh, I see a bunch of fried shit on this. Instead of looking at like, yo, I could literally in a, in a matter of X amount of days raise X amount of money using this exact same thing that you guys are all hating on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like where you just decide to shift your mind to, you know, and luckily for me, I'm just surrounded by a lot of creatives. So, um, you know, those, those Leroy videos, they're edited by my good friend, Andrew Price. Um, you know, like we go out and we're like, all right, we're going to film one, but we don't have like a set dialogue. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Literally. Those are all like on the spot. Like everything was just on the spot. Um, but the whole editing and putting it together, that's Andrew being like the tech genius and my friend Max as well, you know, being like the tech genius. And then it was just crazy posting that on Instagram and then seeing like this one dude in Pittsburgh, I think, like made this video and it was like he like kind of has the same jacket that i would wear and he he's like uncle leroy what like pittsburgh and like <laughs> did a sale in pittsburgh and like tagged me and i was like dude what the like we didn't expect it no. to you know like we didn't expect anything at all like we just we're just trying to do our thing and it just but we didn't expect it. Like people started reaching out to me and I'm sure people reached out to other vendors and they're like, what can I do? Like people in Santa Barbara, they're like, Hey, like I want to do something at a skate park in Santa Barbara. Oski hit me up and he's like, Hey, like I'm in Malmo, Sweden. Like I want to do a similar thing in Malmo. Like any advice, you know, like mm -hmm. someone in Chicago was like, yo, like, um, I want to do this. Like in Chicago, like any kind of advice, like, 
people are like, yo, like in DC, we're doing this. Like, so it was just cool to kind of like see how like my friends and I like literally planted a seed and then the seed just like just flowered and grew and people in other cities were just trying to do the same thing and donate bread as well. So it was, it was really cool. Like seeing that happen, you know, yeah. you speak on one interview where how you say people have truly their heart in the right place. Is that what you mean by that? You see like these communities coming together because it's easy to turn on the news and see that the world is on fire. It's burning up. You know, people are divided. But if you really do make an effort like you did, you do see people coming together. Yeah, um, I think it's like, I think just everyone's just fed up. So um, like I said, instead of like kind of waiting around with your hands out, like expecting hands out, like handouts from other people i i think people just know that we can just do it ourselves like you know um this is a very diy city and a lot of people in new york like they just know how to finesse shit so it's like it's just it's i think that that in um in tune with like just being just so over everything going like it just it just showed it just showed people like the whole sale, the whole movement, it just really showed, like, people's true colors. Absolutely. Like, people were just showing up, like, people would be there and they couldn't even find something and they would still donate bread. Yeah, because essentially these people are feeling this every day of their lives, you know. Yeah. They're always waiting for a release because we, we always get so caught up in our routines where we can't release, we can't, like, express our true words that we have built up, you know. Like, yeah. Because we, as we walk around the streets, we're like a sponge. We absorb everything without yeah, speaking, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like... An event like that, people are just let it out, and so it's like emotional, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. It, it was, um, it was just really interesting because, like, hearing feedback from, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of friends and new friends that attended the sale, they were just like, "Yo, man, like this is amazing because not only am I here and I have access to like get something and I'm donating." Like, that was the cool thing about the sale was, like, a lot of people are also kind of, like, unsure on, like, where to put their money. And we are like, okay, like, here's the work for you. Like, we're showing you where it's going. Now you just come here. You come up on something that's, like, so cheap. Like, you know, like, I've chicks have ran up to me, like, oh, my God, I got, like, Versace pants for, like, 30 bucks. Like, real Versace or, like, Fendi pants. Like, you know, like, we were selling designer for the low. So it's, like... It's like you come, you you donate your money, you get something out of it, and it's going somewhere. And aside from that, a lot of people were like, yo, like, this is really cool, too, because not only did this, like, not only is this, like, empowering in a way that, like, you know, like, we're seeing some kind of impact and movement happening, it also is just, like, uh, it's, it's just good to be here because it's a lot of people, like, they had no issues going there as very positive energy everyone was really happy like you know we were cooped up this is like new york city like everything's so small here and like when the whole shutdown first hit everyone was like going nuts and like everyone was spent everyone was like losing their mind and then like you just have these like reunions at this park and you know there's like food and you can drink and you can buy something and you're donating and you know like it was just a lot of people were really hyped on that too so it was cool well could you imagine if if just like how you and your group of friends did this thing if like every group of friends did this thing, like it would be insane. It would be crazy because there would be so much. It would be like an explosion of 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 positivity and change and, and shit like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really bugged out if like everybody did this. 
Has has doing have like after you did this, did it has did your mind shift a little bit? Because me witnessing this all go down, it like shifted my mind. Like honestly, when I saw that like everything you were doing and the amount of traction that it got, it like made me decide that I'm gonna do something. And like we've been like amongst us, we've been uh like formulating some ideas because we want it to be as as legit and uh like significant as possible but honestly like seeing you do your thing it planted the seed in my mind because i'm like yo it's like a it's like a cell phone like i like we could do this like if you just put in the energy and put in the work towards it and put your mind to this like you could literally you could do some you could do some ill shit you know what i mean yeah um i i guess it shifted slightly like you know a lot of people were hitting me up to do you know the similar thing in different areas of the city so i'm like oh wow like now i'm like a spokesperson of like what my friends and i do and like also like you know like i'm considered like this like leader figure <laughs> so it's like um but really i just wanted to be an activist like with my friends and i you know um and obviously everything that we did like if we did make a decision it was collectively um so, you know, like, and that's how we're trying to keep it. We're trying to keep it like a really tight ship um, as far as like making sure like we stay on the right track and everyone's satisfied because again, we're not, we're not paying anyone to do this. This is, this is everyone who wants, everyone is just showing, like I was saying earlier, everyone is just showing their good intentions and true colors by wanting to be a part of it, you know, which mm-hmm. is fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like, you know, like, and it, it, it it did shift my mind a little bit because, you know, I'd be walking down the street and someone's like, yo, you're the sidewalk cell guy. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, you know, like waiting for like a burrito at a f- food truck. Like, and I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what's your name? How are you doing? Um, so it's like, oh yeah. Like, you know, like I guess I'm this like community leader and, um, you know, then like you're trying to think of like ways to just keep active and like, um, just stay on track and like you know like i would like to do these sales again and like i'm always thinking about it and i'm like okay like so like what else can we focus on like what else can we what else can we do like in these communities in new york that like really need help you know Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely man i mean um how do you think that the state of things are in new york right now because on the one hand in the world you see a lot of racism a lot of uh division amongst everybody a lot of hatred and and lack of acceptance for other people's beliefs um everyone thinking that they're on the right side truly believing in what they believe in and it just causes this ill divide and then on the other hand you have people coming together people raising a bunch of money people like the park just crowding with people because they want to give money to a righteous cause but these are all like not the same people but essentially like the same they're living amongst the same community so how do you see the state of the state of things right now in new york in particular well, um, I mean, I think like the whole George Floyd thing is kind of a blessing um, because, I mean, obviously the the results are very tragic, but the impact worldwide of seeing how many people started doing this um, is it's emotional. Like the first the first big Black Lives Matter protest that I went to, like seeing how many people showed up to rally in the streets against police brutality 
and like me turning around and looking back and like I'm like damn like people are doing this for me like I'm black like so that was emotional you know um it was also a blessing in disguise because the pressure is just so on like people were just getting so frustrated on both sides and they just started exposing themselves like I was living in Greenpoint during the summer and that's like a predominantly Polish neighborhood and like people really started exposing themselves as like closet racists. So like that was like, and I would tell people, I'm like, that's actually the tight thing about this shit. Cause like now you know, like who really is what? So it's like, that's the, the blessing of this. And as far as New York, like this is the best city in, in the fucking world. Like, I mean, I'm not from here, but like, this city has been through hell and back. So it's like, you know, it was bankrupt. It was fucking 9-11 happened. It's, it's gone through some shit and people always pull through. So like, you know, like if, if anything's going to spark off and come back and like rise as a unit, like this is the place to be. Mm -hmm. So people are just really showing that in New York city. Like it's cool. You know, like I think, I think New York is just like, always just going to shine because of that you know you ha- it seems like you have a lot of p- passion and pride and respect for new york as a as a city yeah where does, big this, time. where does this come from like how has your experience been living here that it's made you think all of these things because some people we we talk to just in everyday life and on the show their experience might be a little bit different because it's easy to not see the treasure that's in front of you when you're so accustomed to it, if you've lived here your whole life or if like all you see is like mad people we're packed in commute to work rent is extremely high everything's forever far away blah 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 blah. but then when people like you or like in particular i can think of like fernando lyons um talk about it it's like the greatest it's like the greatest experience ever i mean um i the funny thing is is like way back when like when i was graduating high school like i got into school on the east coast and i like didn't even want to go and then like my dad is from new york um but I, I've never been here when I was a kid. And it wasn't until like like 10 years ago I came out here like on a little skate trip. And it just all made sense. Like all of the chaos, like it's like jazz. Like there's – jazz has no flow, but like it just finds itself. It's harmonized in some kind of way. Like things are just put together. Like that's how New York is. And then I like started coming out here and like just meeting friends and – really loving how the city was and it just felt so relatable to like my personality and myself and I was like this is what I want so I like I just I was like fuck it I'm just gonna do it and when I first came out here it was hard like I I you know I had like I would uh, there was times where I would go to work and I had to like hop the turnstile to go to work because I had like only enough bread to like eat and probably get a pack of cigs I'm like I'm not gonna spend this on train fare like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it was like, I definitely did go through a struggling point, which was like some of my favorite years. And like knowing that, like I stuck with it and then found my niche. Like that's just the beauty of the city because like it's a tornado, it's a tornado and a crazy storm. And then like, if you can just sit it out and be patient and find your New York, it's like just beautiful. It's magic after that. So it's like, it's, it's the greatest city. I'm glad. Like I, you know, like mm-hmm. I went through that, like for the first like two years. Of well, you, you were working at Trader Joe's when you first came out here, right? I was working at Trader Joe's and then um, I was like, dude, I need a second job. And um, 
I was desperate. For, I was down to do anything. Like, uh, I tried being a bar back. Like, I was going to work at Pies and Dyes. Like, I literally just wanted a second job, you mm-hmm. know? Like, and I was like, you know, this is New York. So, like, even if you do work two jobs, you can still find time to do what you like. Like, you just got to, like, be dedicated. So, like, I was still doing, I was doing two jobs and still doing a lot of things that I wanted to do. I started working at Dimes in the city and I was doing Trader Joe's and Dimes for a while. Mm-hmm. I was like juggling too. And those are great times, you know, those are good times. Those so, so now that you work at Supreme Brooklyn, how has that experience been? Like, I know that they don't get as much uh, foot traffic as the, I was going to say Lafayette, but it's, uh, it's a Broadway, right? No, 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 no. It's, it's Bowery. Yeah. Bowery. Bowery so ba- yeah, I know they yeah. don't get as much foot yeah. traffic as that place does, but... Like your day-to-day life there, do you ever think back on like, yo, I was working at Trader Joe's and Dimes, like hopping the turnstile and just like, I don't know what your situation was when you moved out here, but like essentially like probably not the best case scenario, you know what I mean? And now you talk about how it's like you have an employer that really backs you, that really holds you down. Like it's like a dream for people to, you know, it's like a yeah. skateboarder's fucking dream. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was like broke, but I was I was living like it was cool as fuck. Like. I just knew, you just knew what where to go, and, like, if I wanted cigs, like, I would go all the way to Chinatown to buy $8 cigarettes um, if I really, really wanted. And then, I mean, luckily for me, working at Trader Joe's, my crib was stacked of food. So I never went out without, like, I cooked every single meal, so I always had meals on deck. I always had food on deck, and then it was just like, and then, you know, like, the classic New York shit, like, how many of your homies work at a bar? You drink for cheap and you tip them fat so it's like you know like all that was just easy to figure out you just had to figure it out um and then then i started working at yeah i started working at supreme and you know like not only was i in that situation all of us that worked there like we all zoo ski the whole staff like we've all been through that shit so we always talk about it you know we're always like damn like those days back then like those were fun times but it was cool because it was fun because you were figuring it out and you were still having a good time. Yeah. You know, it was like, all right, like if I'm going to go to the city to party and I got 20 bucks, like that means one drink and possibly an Uber or I just spend the whole 20 and then I just walk home. Like those are like things you had to think about when you were going out. Mm-hmm. Like so it was like th- that was fun. You know, it was cool. No, it sounds like it's a matter of mindset because if you ask a regular person, well, most regular people that work two jobs, you know, like, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm dreading this. This is the worst thing ever. I need to do this because I need to provide. I need to, like, make ends meet, you know? So hearing you say that, like, you were having a good time doing that is is pretty sick. Yeah, when I worked at Trader Joe's, I never showed up in my, like, Trader Joe's uniform. I always showed up in, like, my regular clothes. And people were always like, why do you dress like that on your way to work? And I'm like this is New York. Like I can get a text midway through my shift and there's like a party going on and I damn near don't want to show up in like my Trader Joe's t-shirt and Dickies. Like, you know, I, I looked whack for always having a backpack on me, but like, fuck it. I'd rather have that than like, you know, like, or like, you know, there could be, you know, like that's the cool thing about the city. Something always is going on. And like, if you want to do it, like it's, you know, so like people are like, Oh, right. Here you respect. Yeah, I get that. All right. So yeah. it's, like, it's like Angel was saying earlier. You just got to make the best of your situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was. it's just been like an amazing experience for you, essentially. I mean, I haven't had any complaints. You don't like, have any plans on ever moving? Uh, I mean, I do, but like it's for family reasons. Mm-hmm. Like it's 
personal stuff like family business, yeah. barbecue business. Um, you know, I plan on going back and like, you know, taking that over. But I, 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 I mean, I'm it's New York over LA like all the time. You ever miss it? Um, yeah, I mean, I miss it. Like, I miss my family. I miss my friends. I, you know, like I like going out there, but like day five, I'm 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 fucking over it. You know, because the life life in anywhere else that isn't here is so different. Yeah. I mean, when you have a routine here, you're set for life. I mean, if you talk to like one thing I've noticed is if you talk to any New Yorker or anyone that has lived in New York for like three plus years and they go on vacation, you're like, how was it? And they're like, oh, my God, it was so great. And then they're like, but I was ready to get back to New York. Mm -hmm. Like everyone says that. Like, I shit you not, like, I haven't heard a single person, I mean, there are people that are like, yeah, you know, like, this is it, like, I'm, I'm thinking I gotta leave the city, but, like, majority of the people that go on vacation, they're like, oh, yeah, like, that was, it was so nice, I did this, I did that, like, you know, like, I ate pasta in the countryside, and, like, we rode on goats or something, and they're like, but I was ready to get back to New York, and it's like, yeah, you're, like, ready to get back to, like, honking like easy access to like a fucking iced coffee, like, you know, like just like loud noise and like just a grimy looking city. Like it, but it, it makes sense. Cause this is like paradise. Yo, for some it, it is. Yo, everything you're saying is reminding me of my mom because uh, like my mom's from Ecuador. And I remember sh- uh, she would watch all these movies of America and in Ecuador, like America's like uh, the the grass in front of the house with the backyard and the White yellow fence. school bus. Yeah. They didn't have yellow school bus over there. Yeah. And she told me like, so she immigrated here and they got to Jackson Heights and it was like right under the seven and it was like, it looked like hell. Like to her, it looked like hell. And then it's like these people like, like real deal, like on some like don't know anything about like that other side of New York about like its creative history or anything. They just know like american thing or whatever american paradise that they have they get here they might not see that under the seven line shit is cool they're like this is actually like you said mad grimy it looks grimy yeah and you're telling me like you'd hop the turnstile and like do all these things like you'd go to like near labor to get a pack of cigarettes for the low or you'd like calculate your money and like my mom used to straight up walk to work and it would take her like two hours instead of hopping the train because in her mind like if she hops the train she's gonna get arrested immediately and the train back then was like i don't even know a dollar probably 75 cents i don't know yeah and i feel like a lot of people have this this like common thread the people who have lived here or live here where there is an intense period of like this is like grind time right now like i'm doing stuff that if i were to just live like in connecticut I would be chilling. Like I'd probably have a car, a house with a backyard and a basement and yeah. I would like drive to work, get there in five minutes and makes me question like, what is it that makes someone like this place as opposed to not? Cause I've met people who've lived, who have moved here and then they're like, yo, this is whack. This is so whack. Like, yo, it takes me an hour to get to work. This is whack. I'm out. And then there's some people, for example, you come here and you make the most of it and you, and you love it. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it's just, it, it depends on your perception. Um, <clears throat> like I got offered, to work at uh supreme la and like you know the homies were like yo we gotta get you in here we gotta get you in here like you should do it and i could have done that i could have i could have stayed in la i could have had like a very comfortable life i would have like drove to work like had a house in la like did my thing and i was just like i don't want that like 
I want to put myself in a different situation and, um, you know, moving here and becoming like a pretty heavy, like by foot commuter kind of guy, you know, like I used to walk to, from basically McGulrick park to, to dimes to go to work. Like why? Because it was cool. Like I loved always seeing someone on the Williamsburg bridge. Like you never knew who you were going to see. Um, you're just, just in the mix. Like, not like in the actual mix, but like you're just in New York City maneuvering around to get to work, you know, like throw your headphones on, listen to a podcast, your favorite album, call it a day, like smoke a J on the way back. Like it was just really, it was, it just that I, w- I would rather just do that, you know, like I'd rather do that than sit in a car. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that it was an hour walk, I, I didn't mind because I'm like the way my perception works is like it actually is an hour, but like, if you're walking around New York City and you're looking around and you're seeing all this shit, it feels like it's 15 minutes, you know? Like, it. that's why this place is the best place ever. Like, it's like as you're walking, you're, you're not just walking. You're essentially literally living. Yeah. Like, you're living your life in that walk. You're experiencing You can things. get, like, some kind of inspiration via fashion or whatever, like, on foot in New York City. Like, you know, you could probably take the best photograph of your life, like, walking on the streets, you know, like that's like what makes this place so cool is because people stay on the streets. There's so much culture like on the streets or on a train or like in a subway station. Like that's the best part about this place. You know, do you still have that awe? It's it's almost like, it seems like a, I'm not saying that it is, but it seems like something that people would experience when they get here. And then it might fade as the years go on, like kind of like a honeymoon stage kind of thing. Do you still feel that as you walk around like deep appreciation? Yeah, I had it. Um, I had it like months back. I like left the shop to go um, drop my bike off, and I like saw the like the like M train like crossing over like um, from like the Monument Skate Spot, and I like kind of like froze and like had like a white flash moment. I was like, "Whoa, I live in New York City!" Like saying that is cool, you know. Like even when I'm back home, like. People take you differently. They take you a lot differently when you say that. Like, if I'm at a bar or somewhere in Los Angeles and people are like, where do you live? And I'm like, oh, I live in New York. And they're like, they're like focus switches. They're like, whoa, what? Really? Like, what's it like? Is it cold? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you, you know, like people look at you, know, they, they take you like, it's like, it goes from like here to here. It's so, yeah, I still have those moments like where I'm like, damn, I live in New York. But I mean, now I'm like a little more tucked away in Brooklyn and I'm like, Brooklyn is like the ultimate borough for me, mm. you know. Um, but I love it. Like I, I, I love it. Like I just love having a routine here in New York. It makes me. I'm not like sick of it. And if I'm sick of it, I leave. And then I want to go. I want to come back. So yeah. it's like it's just as easy as that. For the winters, because in LA they don't have rough winters like they do out here. How? Because I know you moved out here in the mm. middle of a winter. No, I moved in the summer. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, I was going to move in the winter. Okay. I was, I was, my plan was to move in the winter because I was coming out here so often that I, hearing friends talk, I knew that like places were available in the winter. So my idea, I was going to move in like just January. I was like thinking just move in January. I can find a spot. But I was like, I'll just look on Craigslist and find a random spot, save bread, move out. Like, and then just move in with the homies or whatever, whenever it's available. And then the spot that I moved into, my boys called me and they're like, we have a room available for you. So 
but they're like, it's going to be August 1st. So that's shifted. So I moved out to New York August 1st. And then like in July, James from labor actually called me. He was like, yo, I heard you're moving out here. Cause I met James when he first opened labor mm-hmm. and he was trying to get me a job as like a fiber rep, but I just didn't have a car. Um, so yeah, like, you know, it was cool. Like people were already like looking out for me little by little when I moved out here. But um, yeah, I moved out here in August. That's what's up, man. And you've just been killing it and enjoying it ever since, bro. I got a lot of respect for what you did. Thanks. With the whole, honestly, man, I'm not even just bullshitting you because you're you're here. Like I said, like, keep, yo, everybody listen to this. Keep your eyes open because we're going to do some fuck shit. Like, we're going to (laughs) do some, like, change, ill shit. It's going to be sick, man. And you planted the seed to that. And I hope that other people can see the actions of people like you who are just making shit happen, bro. Like, you don't have to be a fucking superhero. It's just an ordinary person that people are down to support things like this. Everyone who bought something, because, not just because it's fresh, but because, you know, they want to support the movement, it means that that's something that they support. So why not just use, like I said, your potential and just ma- do something even bigger? Because you could, you know? Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, it was just really cool. Like, just a lot of young creatives here in New York that made things on their own that would bring their own physical inventory and put them on a table and, like, just be like, damn, like, like someone, someone made pickles. This dude who makes pickles, like he does like all these different kind of pickles. Like he hit me up to fucking participate. Like, um, Danny Castaneda wanted to sell his nut butter. Like Adam Bracera, like, you know, gave me his zines and shirts and, um, just so many people like would bring their own stuff. And it's cool. Cause like you're putting your stuff out there as well. Like, but also you're like, you're like just being like can i just give you this to like donate you know what i mean like and i'm like yeah like that's it was just cool like all these people just coming together all these creatives and like just putting their shit together to like help out you know like it couldn't have been done without all those people who contributed there truly is so much talent in the cut you know people are truly so creative yeah because we we think that oh it's just about work and you know that's all it is but you know it's people they shouldn't shy away, you know. If if you're creating something with your own hands, why not express it, you know? Why keep yeah. that to yourself? You know, I know a few people that they design amazing, like, handmade jewelry or, like, amazing clothing, and it's, like, and they don't really show no one. It's just, like, they just show their little group of friends. It's, like, why not express it out to the world? Why not, you know, go onto the sidewalk and pull up a table and make it happen, you know? Yeah, like, my friend, uh, shit, so many friends. One of my friends, Liz Liz Delaney, she makes like killer. Ass, she's been making like killer ass bags, and she like is kind of like new in New York. I think she's been here for like maybe like a year tops, maybe like a year, almost two years now. I don't really know, but I was like, "Yo, Liz, you have to have a table. Like your shit is so sick." I mean, now she makes like mass and bags, but like her shit sold out, and she was hyped. She was like, "Fuck, like you know, like I didn't think I was gonna sell these bags." And I was like, hell yeah, you're going to sell these bags. Your shit's cool. Like, my friend Leland, she's the one who did those, like, solidarity tees. She was hesitant on even doing the shirt. Like, she was like, I want to make a T-shirt, but I don't really know how people are going to feel about it. And then I was like, let me see it. And she showed me the graphic, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. Like, make this into a shirt. She's like, really? I was like, yeah. She's like, should I tie it I'm like, yeah. That shirt, like, literally, like, every sale she made over 2K. 
Like, it was insane, you know? She was just constantly selling. It was insane. Like, so, yeah, like, there's just so many fucking creative people in the city. That's why this place also rolls. Yeah, you've said before, out New York City's main ingredient is community. Yeah. And we can't yeah. break away from that. We got to stick together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely true. Thanks, bro. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, for I sure. really appreciate it. Yo, if yeah. you wanna, if you wanna give any shout outs, thank you, man. Anything that you're up to now, or like how your li- life is like now, or anything like that, feel free. Uh, shout out to everyone involved, um, and shout out to everyone listening and tuning in. And life is lovely. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>